is Kit. My name's Madison. And I'm Steve. Ah. And this <laughs> is Streaming Things. Today, if you can't tell, we're covering Jurassic World. What? <laughs> what? Wait Jurassic a minute. Park. I'm just kidding. I watched the wrong movie. Jurassic Park, the seminal 1993 classic because people made us. It's a it's a demand that was made from one of our beloved patrons, Alan Tomlinson. Did they Shout know out. this was your like in your bloodstream? This that's, movie. That's why they picked it. Okay. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm for the audio listeners. I'm wearing a dinosaur mask. He is very restrictive is. on my face. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> because it's made for children. So I'm taking it off. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. It sounded like. Oh my God! Life found a way. You guys. <laughs> it did. Here life, you are. Uh, finds a way. That's what we heard. Uh, and then uh, creates uh, man finds a way. <laughs> yes, I think Steve just watches this every week anyway, so he just threw it into his rotation. And yeah, just listening are. to the audio. <laughs> yeah, basically my 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 life did not change a single bit this week. <laughs> I was like, oh well, that's Tuesday for me. Jurassic Park. Yeah. And <laughs> listeners won't be able to know also that Madison, hello, is crinkling in a leather coat, dressed as Mister Mister Jeff Goldblum, Mister Goldblum himself. Dr. Dr. Ian Malcolm, Ian Malcolm, our favorite chaotician, or as you guys put it, my everyday attire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought you were dressing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was the what was the phrase you guys said in, in text? You you were saying like, oh, I said fair warning for the raw sex appeal that's about to enter the studio. <laughs> she wasn't lying. I instantly got pregnant when I walked in. Yeah, yep. he did. That was my goal. I was like, oh my god. He was like, oh, always man. looking for the next. Uh, Ex Mrs. Ex Malcolm. Ex Mister. Um, I audio listeners am dressed like a, a schlub. <laughs> just, a, just normal everyday Chris. I woke just... up 45 minutes ago, did not shower, and I looked around the room, <laughs> grabbed some things, including you, Crocs. You dressed up as the the. That's a big pile of shit. <laughs> the Triceratops? Shit. That is one big pile of shit. Oh, man. That has got to stay on the board. Yeah, it needs to stay. For movies that we review we don't like, <laughs> that'll be the entire episode. Mm-hmm. I have I'm, a lot of stuff on the board today. I'm just warning you guys. I bet. I bet. I bet you're having a good time, and I, I love that for you. Thank I you. bet they've thank been you. there for a minute. And not in the way it's that Gen Z means it. Like, sincerely, I love yeah, that for thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of wild that back-to-back. So last week we did Inglorious Bastards, yeah. which, Kit, you have said is your favorite movie. Yeah. And to this week we're doing Jurassic Park, which the older I get, the more comfortable I am in saying Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. Both love- are awesome. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. bastards. What a great couple weeks. You know Everyone we else do. that suggests movies, what are you doing? <laughs> Next week, we got to clear the schedule from whatever's planned and review Madison's favorite movie. Oh. Which is some obscure pirate porn, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, rated, be... it's rated R. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what my I don't I would have to I would have to sit on that simmer and and think about that. Mm-hmm. The pirate porn? The pirate porn, yeah. <laughs> Just think about it. I have a lot in mind right Just now. sit on that simmer, baby. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so many good the ones. Plank, there's <laughs> hook me. I don't know. You know, so many to choose from. Hook me. Hook me. Uh-huh. You hooked me. That's what it's called. Okay, I liked you hooked me better than hook me. <laughs> hook me, daddy. I'm a very simple-minded. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll think. It's like getting a tattoo, picking your favorite movie. You just got to yeah. kind of go for it. There's too many options. At a certain point, it becomes ridiculous mathematically. And so you just, you know, A Knight's Tale 
yeah. is what Steve's going through right now where he's like, I'm old enough to realize it's really Jurassic Park. It really is a night's tale for me. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't sound cool. I think but it's that like, sounds cool. Well, I appreciate that. I love a night's tale. But for, you know, Inglorious Bastards is top 10. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I would say my equivalent is probably Django Unchained. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely up there. It's on my top four for Letterboxd. I love a Django. Oh, yeah, Django yeah. and Chain's fun. Yeah. yeah, if it's on the LBXD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's serious. Everyone loves B- LBXD. I just made that. It sounded really cool. It's, it does. Like sometimes you go for things and they don't pan out. That mm-hmm. did. Oh, LBXD. Wow. You know what I'm saying? In the total Gen Z way, I love that for you. I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that to people. We forgot something really important last week, and I'm sure everybody's upset and they've been unable to sleep the entire time. But it makes sense for us to announce it then. That's retroactively we can say that, but ultimately we both forgot. Hey, man, don't pull the curtain back and reveal Oz. All right, come on. No, I don't lie to our (laughs) listeners. Uh, We forgot to announce the winner of the fantasy character draft. Uh, And it is, in fact, uh, I would say an upset. (laughs) Oh, I don't think that at all, sir. Madison is the winner. Yeah. She put together the best fantasy character Your trophy. team. Your trophy, trophy is a Barbasol can filled with dino DNA. Uh, <laughs> dino, dino DNA. DNA. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say anything that a sore loser would say. I'm just going to say... I think congratulations. You've, I think you've already Thank crossed you. that. Like, no, I think, saying, I, I think an upset. I, I just, I mean, I'm just a, a, a nuanced, unbiased reporter on events. Oh, okay. And uh, looking at the polls and predictions early on in the game. I think honestly, I was just going for my dream smoke circle, and <laughs> I feel like it resonated with the audience. Can I they, just point out fit. though? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything that a sore loser would say. Okay. However, I did predict this in the episode. (laughs) Let's play it back, Steve. I didn't send you the clip. Oh, okay. There is a moment where I say, I bet this time, now that I've pivoted to just picking the most powerful team I possibly can, the winner will be based on the coolest characters, (laughs) which is what I thought the game was the first time I lost, and I lost to the more powerful characters. And that is exactly what happened. Well, because in no universe, Dumbledore by himself would single-handedly wipe out both of your teams. <laughs> and so it must, you know. I don't know. I guess she I don't had Hellboy. She had Celine. I, I don't know if that's true. Dumbledore. Who takes out Dumbledore, Steve? Dumbledore Walk me through this. single-handedly couldn't find his own wand, all right? You know? I mean, he had to get children to fight his battles for him. So I'm just saying. He's trying to let them grow. He's trying to train them, bro. That's, that's why you should have made him the mentor. If he ever gets involved. Have you ever seen uh, <laughs> the shitty ones, the Fantastic Beast ones? No, I will give you Gandalf couldn't possibly because Gandalf is that's a demigod. Once you throw Gandalf in, and I had people messaging me like, oh, man, I was going to vote for you, but you had the bunny. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck does the bunny have to do with anything? First off, deadly creature. Second off. It's OP already. I just threw a bunny in. To that just rabbit's do, dynamite. <laughs> to just, well, you know, lighten things up a bit. Chris, let me say, when I shared prior to the winners being announced, I shared all of our draft picks with my close friends. And to my surprise, honestly, not surprising, they all drifted to your guys' draft picks versus mine. So As they you, can, you can understand that my friends... Did not choose mine, so I I'm living in the in the blind uh, victory that is 
I think it was well-earned, Madison. I mean, you got the Weasleys, you you got Wonder Woman, you got Damon Targaryen, Toothless. I think you won a lot of hearts and minds with that Toothless pick, honestly. I saw a lot of people mention Toothless specifically, like, oh my gosh, I love him. Uh, I learned a valuable lesson is that, and that is to always go with my heart, not my brain, because I got some people messaging me like, bro, you went with Vagar, not your big red noodly boy? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man. You were on the fence about you it. You would have got sympathy points for having the noodly boy, if for I, sure. If I went with my, my big red noodly boy, Caraxes, I think I would have gotten a couple more points. Right, you got to right. think with your big red noodle. I do. I mean, I, Madison was thinking with Hellboy's big red noodle. <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was. Hey, I got a message, like, the, the as soon as the poll went live from a dear friend of the show, Sydney Volpe. I hope oh, she Sydney. doesn't mind if I share this. And that's when I knew I was cooked. She oh, said, no. I have to choose Madison, I fear. But the rabbit of Carabinog Car- just made me so happy. And I said, uh, I'm so stunned at Madison's early lead. <laughs> they let me get Dumbledore and Gandalf. I was laughing maniacally at my swift vic- victory. And she said, that is OP. And you have Yennefer. Just fully acknowledging the, the lack of any mm. chance you guys have whatsoever in a battle. And then she said, but she has Hellboy, Wonder Woman, and Brienne, a trifecta I was influenced by. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And okay. I was like, that's going to happen a lot because those are beloved characters. Ma- yeah. Madison's they are, team in is fact, strong. voting for cool points. As I feared, I am cooked. <laughs> <laughs> but we can all agree I lost. All I can say is. We can all agree. <laughs> yeah. We can all agree I lost. <laughs> all I can say is do better. Yeah. I apparently. So the third draft, I'm not going to know what tactic to use. Hey, while you guys Just are wing out, it. while you guys are out <laughs> fighting for domination of first and second place, I'm gonna hang back and fuck Geralt of Rivia. Right? So. I love that for you. <laughs> when, in which way do you mean that? <laughs> the best way. Which generate the millennial the good way? way. Or the, the good okay. way. Um, you can email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Go to patreon.com slash streaming things at any time to check out some extra bonus content. Subscribe at a variety of tiers for access to that. You can even have access to our discord at a certain tier uh, last night we did a little steve's fireside chat without steve without so i had me. to rename it it took me way too long to realize it was obviously going to be named kit's fireside chat <laughs> it was embarrassing oh for a second i thought like oh what cool clever name did you come up no with? i was <laughs> like what should we call it what should we call it there's a low-hanging fruit here somewhere uh where we just hang out for an hour or two but there's also bonus episodes like you can vote in polls uh can we announce the the winner of the october movie poll that we're doing next week now yeah let's do it so we had vote to be terrified right we had werewolves within which is just funny yeah the empty man which is a movie i've actually never seen but people love supposed to be underrated Mm -hmm. the descent a movie i believe to be the scariest movie of all time and hereditary uh everybody knows what that is Mm -hmm. Hereditary won with 47%, despite protestations from many of the patrons saying, please don't make me watch that again. (laughs) I would like to sleep in November. Uh, So I don't think that's a movie that's that scary from my recollection. It's just very, very good. But I'm excited to revisit it. Mm. Yeah, please don't make me watch Hereditary again with three likes as the first comment. (laughs) I'd only seen out of all all four of those movies, I've only seen The Descent. So I'm excited to watch one that I've not seen. Oh, I'm so excited to watch Hereditary with you. You've not seen Hereditary? No. Wow. (laughs) Oh, snap. What was that laugh? <laughs> it's so funny that it was, it was voted on a poll to watch that movie, I, I feel like. That's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. All right. Pretty good. Solid. Solid. Let's get into our, our main review. We're all going to be discussing Jurassic Park. Steve, you look like you're fucking ready to press something. Do it, buddy. Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. Na, 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 na. 
<laughs> I listened to that score, that that song, the theme song, twice on the way here. Oh, that's a good one. Are you guys familiar with someone uh, taking that audio and putting a what are those? What <laughs> yeah, are I've those? seen that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's those so many, are so good. There's so many good remixes of that. So- that song is so good because you know, obviously, it's iconic. It's yeah. amazing. People play it at weddings. Like that's like the bride's coming down to Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. <laughs> the gates are opening, and here she comes. Here she comes, and running down the aisle because the T Rex is chasing her. <laughs> yeah, oh, people have like put in, in like. Have you seen the wedding photos where people are running in a field and they like digitally put in a T-Rex chasing all of them in their wedding outfits? Mm -hmm. So fun. So fun. So fun. (laughs) So fun. Life finds a way. Were you guys able to, so I went to Universal Studios, I think it was 2015, and it's when they had the Jurassic Park ride still. Were you guys able to experience that? Never been to a Universal or a Disney World or anything like that. Never got to experience the, the ride. I think I, when I went to Universal, I don't think it was around. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I knew that its time was nearing an end. So I was like, well, we got to ride it, you know, and we went on it and we got stuck the first time I ever rode it. <laughs> We got stuck right. There's a moment in the ride where you're, you're going up you're the going hill. You're going up and the raptors are attacking you. <laughs> no, no, no. And right when before you go down the, the hill, the T-Rex like comes, comes out, out at you. Well, the thing is we got stuck right at the top, like before you go down. So the T-Rex like came out like. And then <laughs> stopped. So we were like maybe like two or three feet away from the dinosaur, just like mid like. And uh, but they gave us another another free ride. So we were just able to like get brought down, put back, back in line. Yeah. And then we got to go to the front again. But it's kind of fun. You got a, a front row seat to really inspect that animatronic <laughs> yeah. T-Rex. I was like, all right, it looks it looks good for being for being a couple years old, you know? Yeah, they they read. My understanding is they redid it. And now it's a Jurassic World. Theme, it is. And it's nowhere near as good. Yeah, from what I understand. Just like the movie. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't revisited since they've done the Jurassic World rendition, but that is one big pile of shit. Yeah, that's, I'm sure what a lot of people are saying when they're Hot there. take. I like Jurassic World. It's the, just yeah, obviously right. not the first Jurassic World. I agree. I think is it's, it's, it's dumb. Fun. It's, fun. it's fun. Yeah, and that's important. That's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen the, the sequel yeah, sequels. The, now the sequels Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. I turned Dominion trash. off. I turned Dominion off after like twenty minutes. It's Ooh. terrible. It's so bad. Which I rarely do. It's a fe- like Dominion. Both of them are bad, but Dominion specifically is offensively bad. Like mm-hmm. throughout. I mean, is it just bad writing, bad story? Yes. Like, yes. Like- yes. <sighs> bad, bad, bad effects. Bad world building. Oh, There's literally a scene in Dominion that is more like a scene from like a bad Star Wars. Where you know the I don't know. Well, you might have not gotten to this where they get to the dinosaur black market. Where there's just so. weird characters who are like it looks like a cantina scene where it's like, hey, we got a we got a copy here. And there's like a guy with a hook in a hand, like, oh, I got my dinosaurs. And, hey, hey, what over here? Get your dinosaurs. <laughs> oh. With a hook for a hand, Madison yeah. just perked up. I know. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where's he at? Where, yeah, tell me. Where, uh, where's but, this dinosaur black market? But what are what are your guys' thoughts overall on the nineteen ninety-three Steven Spielberg directed Jurassic? Park. Madison, Jeff, <laughs> leave it Ian. on. Yeah, leave it to me first. Um, I rated it five stars in my letterbox. Yeah. Um, LBXD. I <laughs> LBXD our our new our new word for for letterboxed. Uh, my so I can't remember when I first watched this movie, and I want to say that when I, my first experience with just Jurassic Park in general was actually one of the sequels, like when I was little. 
Um, but I remember this movie being ingrained in my brain from my high school literature and film class. I took a oh, lit wow. film class in high school and I was, I had seen the movie a couple of times previous, but then I got to watch this movie in a new light cause we had to read the book and then we had to watch the movie and we dissected the shit out of this movie, like all the angles, all of like the coloring, the costumes. And so now that I've gotten older and then I studied video and film in college and then revisiting this movie and I'm still seeing new things that I didn't before just kind of shows like the giant I don't know just how extraordinary this movie is and how much thought and detail was put into it and so yeah I I think it's a masterpiece of a film watching it again and every time I watch it I find something new or I revisit something I'm like oh it still hits it's still so (laughs) good yeah and then I always I love continuity errors in movies. I think it's so fun. And I always get so excited with the part where the hand comes out and touches the velociraptor in the kitchen. You know what I'm talking about? The hand com- the hand touches a velociraptor? What you don't you don't you haven't oh, seen that? Oh, the, the, yeah, where yeah, there's the, a there's yeah, a stunt okay. hand that uh, for a second I thought you were talking about like uh <laughs> Samuel Jackson's arm oh, that seemed like no, he no, wasn't no. in the kitchen. <laughs> But uh, I just it's so funny that that's in there. And yeah, I don't know. It just it's such a good and there's such a good community base behind this movie, too. Like the fan base for it and the costuming. It's just so good. It's one of my one of my favorite movies was there. That's so that's a photo of it, Chris, if you want to know what she's talking about, like when the raptor and the raptor scene, the first one breaks, like open the door. There's a hand that kind of comes out and I guess is keeping the animatronic steady in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, because I think it I, I don't drunk. know if the story was like very top heavy, but he like you could physically see a hand come out from the side and just like touch the butt of the Velociraptor. Yeah. To... I've never noticed that. Really? Yeah. I just watched it obviously for this recently, the other day. Um Maybe isn't it... it true that the book is like much more violent? Yes. Much more yes. scary. Yeah. Well you read and... the book as well, Steve? I, I have read both books, yes. Ooh. I only I've only read the book once, but I believe the first book kind of encapsulates all three. Is that correct? No, the first book is the first The movie. first, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, the first book's the first movie. There is, like, very stark, I mean, it follows the same basic plot line, yeah. but there's very different characterizations in, like, so John Hammond in the book is an absolute evil bastard and not mm. the loving grandfatherly figure mm. that Richard Attenborough plays. I got some things to say about that, but go um, on. Different characters die, different characters live. Mm. Uh, the lawyer is fucking awesome in the book. He's one of the best characters, mm. and he's, like, a good dude. He, like, saves the kids a couple times. Interesting. Um, and they were like, we can't depict lawyers this way in film. No, we have to make him an absolute weenie. Put, give him shorts with his dress shirt. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> I should have dressed like him. One of the things that we would analyzed, have been all sex appeal. Yeah. Right, right. One of the things I that we talked about specifically for the lawyer, like we went into deep characterization in when I took this class in high school, and I, I truly think my professor that I had was just also a huge fan of this movie because I want to say like we had. I think maybe 10 weeks with the 10 weeks with this class or whatever. We spent probably four or five of it just talking about Jurassic Park. And the fact that I still <laughs> revisit this movie and I'm not tired of it is I think shows. But I remember for the attorney, like the opening scene where the water is like all blurry out and stuff like that is to like show he's like 
kind of skeevy and you know how he's not able to walk in the uh he's like tripping and stuff while there's yeah, yeah all he's, over the he's, place. he's corporate inf- corporations influencing yeah tr- the the true spirit of science basically mm-hmm. and he's like he doesn't belong there oh yeah 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 i, I love that this read. so good Steve, what are your overall thoughts? Well, you like I, this movie? Uh, it's about a B. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my experience with Jurassic Park is a very special one. This was the very first PG-13 movie I ever saw. Ooh. It was the first PG-13 movie I saw in a theater. Came out in 1993. Yeah, you would have been six. I was six years old. I was just a wee, wee tyke. But there were dinosaurs, right? And so, of course, like, I was like, mommy, mommy, dinosaurs. Because I was just like every other little boy in the world. I was obsessed with dinosaurs. There's a dinosaur movie coming out. It's the dude who made E.T. My mom's like, oh, that's the guy who made E.T. Steve loves E.T. Let's go see the Jurassic Park movie that he Mm -hmm. made. And, you know, obviously I go see it. It's mind-blowing. I still get weepy watching this movie. Like, oh, I'm getting a little weepy now. But like uh, when like the Brachiosaurus first see uh, shows up mm-hmm. and they're all emotional, like I feel that, and um, just seeing the dinosaurs move, like uh, the the raptor kitchen scene is still I think one of the most tense scenes in, in film. The mm-hmm. the T Rex attack is just an incredible technical achievement, and any person who's into film has to be obsessed with how they like film that. Um, the score is great. The acting's great. The audio design's great. I think this might have been one of the first times as a human being I realized, like, oh, uh, score matters. Uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, audio matters, like sound effects sound and design, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I might have seen Jurassic Park before I saw Star Wars for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, and Star Wars is another one of those movies that made me realize that sound design is a big, big deal. Is ILM? Um, ILM did the effects on this, yes. Isn't that your boy's company too? That's George Lucas's company. Actually, I've got some stories about that when we get further on. But so this movie was obviously important to me. I remember being six years old in the theater. The scary parts would happen and I would close my eyes. Oh, no, he's going to eat the lawyer. Ah, And I'd close my eyes. I'd had my eyes closed for most of the raptor scene, I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as that Dilophosaurus, like its frills come out, it's like, like hands on eyes, right? (laughs) Immediately. And I remember that's when what we, Nedry should have done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, when we got it on VHS, there was that classic like you, I don't know if you remember the VHS for this movie, but it's like pitch black and just the Jurassic oh, yeah. Park logo. It's like very oh. bold. It's one like, of the dopest fucking logos of all time. Oh, it's one of the best. Like the the the, pro, the production design of this movie as well is incredible. Yeah, so yeah, that so that's that. the DVD sign. So imagine yeah. that logo just set to a black VHS. Um, but I remember getting that VHS and watching it and over the course of the summer that we had that, I was like, I don't know, seven or probably at this point. And I'm like challenging myself like, okay, I'm going to watch the T-Rex scene and not close my eyes. And I would, and I, and I would do it. Was I this would, last week? Yeah. yeah this, was, yeah, this <laughs> is actually on my 36th birthday. Uh, but I remember like doing it and running into the kitchen where my mom's doing something like, mom, I watched the T-Rex scene with my, without my eyes closed. And she's like, all right, buddy, hey. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Kids never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the things that kid won't see. Uh, never have friends. She starts crying in the kitchen. But as I grow older, <laughs> as I grow older and older and older, uh, this is the movie. I literally watch Jurassic Park every year without fail. It's usually around August, September. 
Uh, we managed to watch it on my birthday that Madison was at the party that uh, Erica organized. And actually, yeah. uh, you've the people watching on YouTube will see that we have the set actually decorated Jurassic Park. And a lot of these uh, decorations were from my birthday party. So behind me is the Jurassic Park um what do you call that gate? The door. Yes, the we got some doors. some cool shrubbery behind uh, Kit there, and behind Madison is literally the T Rex looming over behind her. She looks like Madison. If you were to pose a certain way, it would look like that shot when Malcolm's running away from the T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to give you a flare. Yeah, flare. We need more depth. Throw the yeah. flare. <laughs> Get the kids. Get the kids. I'm just in the bush. <laughs> You're the clever girl. <laughs> I need a shotgun and one of those crooked brimmed hats. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cargo shorts. Yes. Oh my god. Classic. So many pockets. <laughs> oh, I gotta uh, remind. We put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. Pen and the but shorts. Kit, what is your relationship to Jurassic Park 1993? What can I say that hasn't already been said? I was five years old when this movie came out. I do not. I did not see it in a theater. I had never been to a movie theater at this point. Still, but we we got the VHS. And I, you know, we wore that out. I had two older brothers um, that also loved the movie. I mean, it appealed. It's cross generational. It's just a, a oh, yeah. master work of cinema. Um, and uh, yeah, we watched. It was like it was Jurassic Park, Men in Black, Lion King, Aladdin, Dick Tracy, Rocketeer, <laughs> Dick Tracy, on repeat, yeah. on repeat, throwing some Howard the Duck what every now and then. Howard the Duck. Damn. And uh, she fucks that duck. <laughs> that's how we that's how we grew up, baby. And then a bunch of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh and yeah, I, I, I love this movie. The everything about it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Um and crazy that the same year uh Spielberg did Schindler's List. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, well, yeah, famously I didn't so, know that. so they did they filmed Jurassic Park and then he finishes Jurassic Park and immediately starts filming uh, Schindler's List. So at the time, it was like the first. Um, it was the first time they really utilized satellite TV and like and did Zoom conferences because the post production team working on the special effects would have to show him stuff. Yeah. So he would film Schindler's List all day, go to his hotel, and they would have this very expensive custom satellite direct link to the studio across the world, and he could like look at what they were creating in the post world and approve mm. stuff. And he finishes. Um, filming Schindler's List, I think May 30th. And then this movie came out June 11th, 1993. So literally like, <laughs> yeah, he won best picture the same, like in 1994, the 94 Oscars, he wins best picture and not for Jurassic park, which he also made that year. Like it's wow. fucking wild. And yeah. I think I'm rusty on the lore, but as I recall, he agreed to do Jurassic park so that they would fund Schindler's list. Like Schindler's List was his passion project. Oh, he's okay. like, I'll fucking make your dinosaur movie, and it's gonna oh, make I thought you. He was super. I thought he was like jazz for that because there, there's a story. Uh, uh, and again, I think there is some revisionist history with Steven Spielberg sometimes when he does mm -hmm. interviews. But there's an interview I saw where he was like at a party and he he ran into Michael Crichton and and he was a fan of Michael Crichton's work and he's like, I, hey, I love what, when that happens at what, a party. What <laughs> when you run into Michael Crichton? When I run into a famous author yeah. as a famous director, you and know? he asked him like, hey, any what you cooking up any ideas in the, in the old noggin there? And Crichton's like, well, I got a dinosaur idea, and Steven Spielberg's like, oh my god, yes, I want to do that when you when it's done. And Crichton was like. Uh, Spielberg's my first choice and only choice to direct this movie. When did, a movie. when did the book come out? 
Uh, I think the book came out very shortly before the movie did uh, because I know they wrote the sequel book specifically because the movie did well. 1990. Oh, yeah. The the book came out. Okay, so like three years. All right. And so like two years before production would have started on this movie. Wow. So they gave Spielberg the chance to make Schindler's List on one condition. He had to film Jurassic Park first before he could do any production Mm -hmm. tasks on Schindler's List. So he was like, bing, bang, boom. And well, that makes sense, too, because uh, people were a lot of things I was reading when I was doing research on this was that Spielberg was very nimble with this movie. Like, even though this movie he like is creating brand new technology and is like just ch- literally changing the landscape of how movies are made. He was trying to, like, you know, uh, get done as quickly as he could, which is basically. crazy to me. Yeah. Not because not because he didn't like doing it. Yeah, like if yeah. you watch behind the scenes stuff, it looks like Steven Spielberg's having the most fun out of everybody on well, set. <laughs> it, well, as a you know, your director and you're filming what is to be anticipated to be two major blockbuster films. Like I can imagine like he was I don't know, stressed. Oh yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. Well the production di- designers, there was an interview I saw with them where they were saying, you know, they're building the uh the visitor center of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And as they're bu- they're not done with it yet, and Spielberg comes on set and is like okay we're good leave it as is and they're like what they're scaffolding we're not done finishing he's like oh we're still building the park yeah leave it and so that like saved them a ton of money because they're just like they're just like yep this is good they're still building the park we don't have to finish this yeah and so it's like it's literally an unfinished set that was supposed to be finished well and i wonder how i'm assuming you're talking about the scaffolding like in the where the the dinosaur bones are and stuff and the the exterior of it too like on i think on the right like oh, okay. the, the, the sides of the building aren't finished. So as they're driving up in the wide shot, you can still see scaffolding well, and the and building they, still being built. Well, they like came down the scaffolding. So was yeah. that kind of integrated into the script as well when they yep. like went up into the, the ventilation system and stuff and I came so, out? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What a G. And they got to ride the bones down to the ground. Yeah. Who doesn't want to ride the bones? I love riding bones. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, that's my thoughts. I mean, it, it, what a picture. What a moving picture. What a moving picture. What a talkie. I did not know Schindler's List was kind of the the cousin creation of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Even though there there's no crossover. Well, maybe. I don't the Nazis are dinosaurs. Or <laughs> <laughs> evil dinosaurs. They should also be extinct. No, yes. he actually tried to push off the direction uh, the direction of Schindler's List on uh, Sidney Pollack and uh, Martin Scorsese because he was so nervous about doing it but also he was so busy at the same time and he, mm-hmm. he pulled off one of the greatest cinematic feats in history making these two movies in the same year yeah, yeah. um absolutely incredible one of my favorite movies <laughs> period i'm not even being like an asshole is the spielberg documentary uh which mm-hmm. i have recommended on the show like five times i think it's still streaming on max i've watched it like three times i have not seen it but i it's I want so to check it out. good because what I've said this every time, but what's so funny to me is that Lucas, De Palma, uh, Scorsese, and Spielberg were all buddies, mm-hmm. and they were all up and coming directors that nobody knew, mm-hmm. and now they're like uh, the biggest, like the four horsemen of a massive <laughs> of the movement. Round table. Yeah, and they were just homies, and so like like Brian De Palma is the one who came up with the Star Wars opening crawl, crawl. going into mm-hmm. space. He watched it, the first cut, and was like, dude, none of this makes any fucking sense. You need to have some, you know, a prequel in the beginning telling people, like, set in the stage, my on? guy. And you could even do it, like, stars on space, you know, whatever. And so that, I just find that interesting that they were like, and you want to 
check out my Indiana Jones movie, you know, and uh, <laughs> and they're like, I don't get it. Give him Was a that your George Lucas? <laughs> I did my best. It's not a Steve's George Lucas. Steve and I wrote a, I wrote an, I have an idea for a guy with a whip and he, he fights some Nazis. <laughs> All right, George, we'll do it. <laughs> well, I, what if Shia LaBeouf swings with the monkeys? What? <laughs> Was it, <laughs> give me the monkey. Indiana scenes, Jones was a favor to Spielberg, as I recall, because uh, the movie that Spielberg had done previously. Uh, so Spielberg had a reputation for going two months over schedule and fifteen million dollars over budget, um, and he was getting away with it because his movies usually were massively successful, but studios didn't like him. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't love him because it's like you're going to go twenty million dollars over budget and you're going to take fucking forever. Yeah. And Lucas was like, I, I, I want you to do Indiana Jones, I don't, you know, but he, but it was like, you, but you got you can't fuck this up, man. You know, and it was like, a, it was because they were buddies and like you can do yeah. that with your like, imagine having buddies like that. I like, know. Don't fuck it up. Direct my Indiana Jones knocks, you know, knocks. <laughs> Give him a whip. Honestly, I'm a shitty director. I'm not going to. I know. I, I, I know it. Everyone else knows it. <laughs> I, I don't people good. But I like I like I like coming up with worlds. That's that's true. I don't people good. Oh my god. That's and that's why you shouldn't write the dialogue either, George. Yeah. How about I just stand in the back and nod my head yes or no at ideas? <laughs> yeah, the, I so Steven Spielberg is so incredible because you watch um, behind the scenes footage of this movie, and like I said, he looks like he's having an absolute ball. Um, and I was actually, I was watching a documentary. It was just like a 20 minute, like Steven Spielberg directing Jurassic Park documentary. And I was actually getting emotional, like listening to him talk about, Oh yeah. Like I, he was like, it was very important to me, I guess probably because he knew that directing Schindler's list was just over the horizon and he knew that was going to be very difficult for him. Sure. Yeah. He was like, it was very difficult to me that when I directed Jurassic Park, I would act, I would do it as if I were a little kid mm. and you watch him and yeah, he's like. Uh, well, the the actors are on set reacting to, you know, things that aren't there yet. Yeah. And so you see him on a bull bullhorn going, now look to the right. <laughs> like he's making weird little dinosaur noises and it's really funny to watch. And yeah. he's bopping around and making 65 million year jokes. And um, and, and uh, the 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 two um, uh, child actors, uh, what are the names? There's uh, Joseph Mazzala, who plays Tim, and I think our... Uh, Ariana Richard, who plays Lex. Yes. Both of them say, and this is something we talked about in our ET review, is that he's so good at directing children. Oh, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. And he would like play games with them on set. And he would, uh, uh, Joseph Mazzalo specifically was talking about how um, Steven Spielberg would ask him for advice, like little, little 10 year old Timmy, uh, you know, like, hey, what do you have? An, would you have an idea for this scene? And he would give him uh, his idea and he was like, let's do that. And, and he said Aww. it, it really made him feel like, because he was saying like on most movies as a child actor, you feel as like this othered person. Like mm -hmm. there's the adults doing their thing. And then you're the little kid that they bring in from time Needs to time to with like directions. a wrangler. Yeah. But he was saying, <laughs> you need a wrangler. It's like filming with animals. <laughs> Get the cats in here. Uh, but he said Steven Spielberg really made him feel like they were a part of the gang as yeah. it were, which is so sweet. I mean, this is like the perfect storm, this movie, right? Like the, the, even the child actors are incredible. Um, you've got Laura Dern. Yeah. Sam Neill. Yes. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Richard Attenborough. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Sam Jackson. B.D. Wong. I always forget he's in this movie. Samuel Jackson. And I am 
Hold on to Always your butt. Always so happy when I see him. <laughs> just constantly Chain lighting smoking. a cigarette. Yeah, literally yeah. hanging as soon as on he the puts butts. one out, just lighting another one. Uh, that's why. That's what he meant by hold on to your butts, cigarette uh, butts. Yeah, butts. Uh, yeah, that's what he's saying. Hang uh, on to your ciggies. John Williams doing one, if not the most iconic score, one of his twenty iconic his <laughs> twenty iconic scores. Twenty being just, conservative. Let me just poop out another another great soundtrack. Yeah. And like you, you know. said, perfect sound design. I think they did. Uh, um, what was it like six? It was like whales and all kinds oh. of shit garbled together to make the dinosaur like let's sounds. Hear it, Steve, you want to hear it? Yeah. Now this is a little long. It's about a minute long, but we can talk over it. Okay. This is Gary Winston. Really, his feet. So this is sections of a redwood tree falling for the footsteps. So that's a T Rex stomping. Trees falling. Yeah. And then whale. I didn't get much vocals from a whale that I like, but their blowhole made good breathing for the T-Rex. The alligator, low frequency, really low. That's nuts. Sounds like my stomach. <laughs> so hear how it'll be the low frequency element of the final roar. This is the line which I used for the attack. I tried not to use this, but I had to. It's too good. It is very good. Yeah. The key element is the high-frequency scream element, which is a baby elephant that we recorded. The big elephants we recorded weren't very interesting at that time, but the baby elephant came out and made this scream, and the baby elephant only did this once, and we kept trying to get it to do it again. And the handlers were saying, we never heard it do that before. That's a weird sound. So every time the T-Rex screams in the first Jurassic Park, that baby elephant is part of the major roar. Here it is by itself, the little cute baby elephant and the high-pitched scream that it made. That's a baby elephant. So now see how that blends with the rest. That's wild. This is all of it together. Like, how wild is that? That you're taking, like, all these different things and combining them into one and you create a, a whole new creature. That's some voodoo shit. That gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that awesome. baby elephant noise is the T-Rex. Like, the, like, oh, God. You know, it just scrapes your spine. I think sound design is by far my favorite part of film. Like oh, that, yeah. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's wild. And then to just to be like, oh, I'm going to record these animals and, you know, just get whatever I can. And then kind of just because you're creating something from nothing. Like, we don't know what dinosaur noises sounded like. Yeah. It's that's oh, it's so awesome. And these these sounds that they've made have become so like I feel like we as a civilization of human beings like directly correlate a T-Rex to that noise now. Oh, yeah. Like if you watch anything in every cinema, time I see one, I'm like, I see, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you see a T Rex in any movie and it doesn't, and that noise does not come out of its mouth, you're like, that's not a believable T Rex. I don't think that T Rex. You didn't do your research. Yeah, you didn't do your research. That's not how they sound, obvi. Or like the the raptor, all the raptor caws and screeches and squeals. Like, oh man, it's so perfect. It's you don't want it to be too accurate though. Like when dinosaurs have feathers, it's like <laughs> stop. Roar! <laughs> Roar! Scary dinosaur. That's, that's how raptors really sound. Yeah. yeah. Raptor. <laughs> like they're Pokemon. Run. Raptor, raptor, raptor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think um, so. You've got all of that from a technical standpoint. I mean, this is one of the first and most influential use of uh, computer generated effects, right? Like the CGI. This um, was the one they were going to do everything practical, and it just wasn't looking right. You know, it was probably going to mm. come out like a B movie. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sad story because they always from day one they planned on anything close up was always going to be the animatronics that like Stan Winston's team was going to create mm-hmm. because it's Stan Winston, right? Yeah, the legend yeah. of the industry. But the wide shots were originally supposed to be stop motion capture um, created by Phil Tippett, who is a legend. Know, he is a legend. He is the stop motion guy. Like if you watch anything in the eighties that featured any sort of stop motion, like Ed Two Hundred Nine from RoboCop, that's Phil Tippett. And then there was these um, these two guys. I have the one guy's name in front of me, but th- there were two uh, computer-generated guys at ILM. What they were going to do was, so Phil Tippett would do the stop motion of the dinosaurs, but because stop motion looks will always look fake uh, because uh, it's a, it's still frames, right? Yeah. And motion, there's motion blur. So if you watch, if you're watching the YouTube, if as I'm moving my hand, you can see blur as my hand moves. That's just how it looks. But if it's stop motion. You're taking individual stills yeah. and you don't get that blur. So even if you're not aware of that happening, the human mind still recognizes, well, that doesn't look real. Yeah. And it's because there's a lack of motion blur. So what these designers were supposed to do was get the animatronic or the stop motion footage from Phil Tippett. And then they were going to add motion blur and post to make mm. it more real, but it still wasn't coming out perfect. So these, these two guys, one guy's name is Steve Spaz Williams. And I forget the other guy's name. I wish I had it in front of me, but they were like, I think we can do this better. Like Steve specifically was the one who was like, I'm going to make a computer generated model. And uh, his boss, who was um, Dennis Murren, who's kind of in charge of the special vaccine was like, no, you're not fucking doing that. We hired Phil Tippett for that. Stay in your lane, dude. Yeah. And so for five months, this guy like went rogue on his own and created a skeletal structure of the T-Rex and animated it walking. Oh, and then there was supposed to be a meeting with like Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, Dennis Murren. We're going to come in to kind of see how the stop motion digital motion blur was going. Mm -hmm. And this guy, Steve Williams, took the animation he had been working on in secret for months and just put it on a monitor and had it looping. Yeah. So when they came into his office for their meeting, Kathleen Kennedy was like, hey, what's this? And they explained it. They're like, oh, that's all. That's start working on that. And then Dennis Murren's like, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) He said mic drop. Yeah. And then that changed the whole, like, I think uh, for a couple months, they're like, okay, put skin on it, Mm -hmm. animate it running, and we'll see how it is. He spent months on it. Steve Williams was super worried about it because he was afraid he had been like running his mouth and he wasn't going to be able to deliver. Mm -hmm. But he managed to make this like five second clip of the T-Rex running fully modeled with skin and everything. They put it on a roll of film. They took it over to the private studio, I think in Lucas's private studio, because it was like Kathleen Kennedy, George Lucas, Stan Winston, uh, Steven Spielberg, and they watched it. And the the story is that George Lucas cried because it was so incredible. I'm and, so George. And Stan Winston's like running like, well, I have to make some calls. And, <laughs> and, and then from that point on, they're like, okay, Phil Tippett's team's no longer doing Oh, the effect. And it was like apparently a real big thing. Like Phil Tippett got like pneumonia and depression. It was just no one could get a hold of him for like 10 oh. days. 
Tell um, sore loser. Well, <laughs> and, and, well the, the other That's when he started working on Mad God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that took him like 20 years. Probably, yeah. Well, the, the, and then the, uh, the, I don't, the urban legend is Steven Spielberg had the meeting with Phil Tippett to let him know they were no longer doing the stop motion effects. And Phil Tippett said, I feel like I'm going extinct. And Steven Spielberg went, oh, that's a good line. We're putting that in the oh movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But everything, but everything kind of worked out for Phil Tippett. He's still credited as the sure. dinosaur, dinosaur uh, supervisor. The Dino Force. Dino Force. Dino Force. He's the dinosaur supervisor because <laughs> the the CGI animators didn't know how to animate necessarily, like how to like the motions that they would animate, right? Yeah. Okay. But Phil Tippett had spent a whole career knowing how people move and stuff, mm-hmm. so he was in charge of kind of making sure. I think they had some sort of rig where he would still do the stop motion animation. But that rig could correlate into a computer, and then the cor- the computer could know that movement. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it he still was, was able it to do it. Was it his hand that we saw on the dinosaur <laughs> Maybe. in the kitchen? That was Maybe. that was Carl, one of the grips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you watch Carl, the, you fucking hands in the shot. Fuck it, Carl. Fuck yeah. If Carl. you watch um, the the episode of Jurassic Park on the movies that made us, they go into they go into that story real hard. So if you want to know more mm. about that, check that out. Gotcha. Yeah, that's it's it's amazing stuff, especially for students of film. Like you said, so much going on there. Because um, every movie does this now. Like every movie is computer animated. Oh, this is where George dreamt of the prequels, and that and that's why he was crying. <laughs> I'm gonna make so much more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can make the prequels now. <laughs> I just got an idea. For the cantina scene to be extended. <laughs> I want a long mouth alien to sing and everyone's going to hate it. <laughs> he looks like the pile of shit and says, I have an idea. I don't people good. I don't people good. <laughs> everyone knows this. This episode was brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, you know what's good for you, but your brain gets in the way and you just can't quite pull it off. Like when you're trying to fall asleep at night, you know, you got to get up at 7 a.m. You got to work. You want to go to the gym before work. But at 3 a.m., you're just thinking about hippopotamuses, hippopotami. I don't know how to pluralize it. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. So sometimes your brain's getting in its own way. You know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. You can help find the blocks in your life that are getting in your way. And BetterHelp can get you there. It can match you up with a licensed therapist to help meet your needs. If you don't like your therapist, you can switch free of charge at any time. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash streaming things. <laughs> it's October, and along with the scares, we're bringing our own appreciation for the patrons of Streaming Things, the super patrons especially. We want to give them a special shout-out for the month of October. Thank you so much to Becky the Farmer, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Optimus, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Little Tickler, Svento7, Jay Scramo, A.K. Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Loughlin, Jay 
Jason Hawkins, Butthorn, Conrad, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amber McVeigh, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Son, Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen the Fifth, Casey McCain, and Enza. Thank you all so much, and back to the show. I think watching it this most recent time, I was really struck by how what's so special about this movie, what anchors this movie, the dinosaurs are cool. Like, it's legitimately scary at many points. Like you pointed out, like this would be a great, he should do more horror. He's just not a mean-spirited person. So I don't think that occurs to him, but like he's a really effective horror director. Uh, But it's the emotional core of Sam Neill, right? Mm -hmm. Bran and his hatred of children. Oh yeah. And uh, (laughs) his reluctance to be a father and how that kind of, you know, Laura Dern's like really patient about it, but she's someone who wants kids. So this is mm-hmm. kind of an issue that they're going to they're going to have as soon as they're not obsessed with their work. Right. Right. And so that whole arc of him learning that he's actually a really good father, you know, mm-hmm. specifically, there's a moment like right in the middle uh, when uh, Lex is freaking out and he left us. He left us talking about the lawyer yeah. um, way after the fact. You know, she's just like the shock is subsiding and. He said, that's not what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he's like, he's not even scared ostensibly. Like he's not uh, freaking out. I mean, he's, his, his hand is steady. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. ready to rock. I don't know. I think it's a really special moment mm-hmm. as an adult watching it. Like how much he protects those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he, yeah, you're right. Like, even though this movie has this really, really great concept of like, Hey, what if dinosaur exists? What if there's a theme park about him and everything breaks down? Cause that's all Crichton. Yeah. That's all Crichton. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Crichton also came up with Dr. Grant taking care of the kids. But I think the the whole like Dr. Grant hates kids thing is very much a movie thing. Like, I think it's present in the book, but it's very hammered home in the movie. There's, there's more emotionality in the movie than there is in the book. The book is very much about science and what has man done. And yeah. All that. Stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's something really Spielbergian about daddy issues and like parents and uh he puts that in all of his movies because he has you know, the divorce really fucked him up you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um, it really did yeah and watch the fablemans if you want his arc to be completed um yeah. it's literally just a movie about his mom um but yeah I, I i think it's just really special and it, it hits it hits every time um however you did mention um john ham hammond uh and how John Ham, not John, John Ham. Ham. He's always Hammy on my Ham? mind. <laughs> that man. Uh, I was also struck by what a piece of shit he is this time. More than in this movie, the 300 other times I've watched this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I get what you're saying. Like he clearly there is a there is a read on the character where like this is his life's work. He's just so obsessed and so passionate. He believes in it so much. He's unwilling to relinquish this dream. And that's why. He's 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 over reliant on his own ability to do this. He's, he's his ego is what gets his family in trouble, what gets everybody in trouble. Poor guy. Like and at the end when he's staring at the park to say goodbye and they have to kind of snap him out of it. That's sad. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's also a very legitimate take where you notice that the guy uh, pushes everything through inspections. Like there's a there's a comment early on where they say Hammond hates inspections. Yeah. You are creating one of the most dangerous things unknown to man, not ever known. Like this is completely uncharted territory. Uh, and you're rushing through the science. You're 
uh, going to open this park to the public, specifically children. That is your target demographic, you say later on. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to rush the inspections, right? Like everything there's, there's, about this. As, as Laura Dern, Dern points out, there are poisonous plants in the lobby, but he just picked them because they look they good. Look oh, they're good. so pretty. Yeah, they're so pretty. Uh, uh, and Dennis then, Nedry specifically betrays the park because Hammond won't pay him enough. And Dennis Nedry is literally the only person in charge of like security, the entire yeah. uh, in- infrastructure of the park. And he just will not work with. And then obviously Dennis don't get a little che- bit of an asshole, but don't get cheap on me. That's don't get cheap on me. That was Hammond's mistake. Yep. It's but so also, I think he's like a gambler and stuff. And so that's mm. why like, oh, yeah. he could make a ton of money. He just doesn't have enough because he's bad with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Hammond's like, I, will I don't judge be, people for their mistakes. I'll not be drawn in another financial debate with you, Dennis. I really will not. <laughs> exactly. I also Oof. love how John Hammond is presented in this all white like almost godly figure. Like he is playing God, essentially, like creating yeah. this like, all tying back to my high school class. When I say we analyzed the show, this movie we really did. But he's like wearing all white, like to embody this like God, like I created this, you know, I created these dinosaurs. I am playing God element. And then the juxtaposition of that is Ian Malcolm's character who's wearing all black and like yes. being, yes. yeah, being the the sound of reason, like you are, you know, taking this way too far. And again, just I think it's tying in more into like the wardrobe element and how like the detail oriented they went with that. But it, yeah, just yeah, they're diametrically opposed viewpoints. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you have the attorney that's wearing like this ugly ass beige color, <laughs> kind of like the mix in between of, you know, wanting to take in the the money part of it, but also kind of having reservations as well. So. I love the John Hammond character because you're right. He's very complex. Like none of this happens without him. Like he, like all the stuff happens and goes wrong because of the mistakes that John Hammond's made. Yeah. But there's also this like really beautiful and tragic story to that character. Cause you can tell like, he's just somebody who really wants to make something that wows people mm-hmm. that opens up imagination that in, and dinosaurs is that for him. Yeah. The and monologue of the flea circus is where, a lot of yeah. the empathy comes in. There's this yeah. earnestness to him, and he's not like most billionaires in movies where it's like all about the money because there's that point when the lawyer's like, we can charge whatever we want, and John Hammond's like, no, 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 everyone deserves to see this. Like, this is something that's going to benefit all of mankind. Yeah, but then the but lawyer then says, says coupon uh, we, can, day. we can have a coupon day, and then Hammond's like, <laughs> that is a good idea. That's funny. You yeah. know? Um, I but, mean, it, it's, it's funny. And though. he brings his grandchildren there specifically to manipulate the uh, uh, paleontologists, you know what I mean? Like that is their purpose there to like have everybody intoxicated by how much fun they're having. And that is this again, this is a full of people have already died at this park. That is why everyone's there yeah. to kind of yeah. testify that it's OK to open. That's why he wants the them investors there. Are, are concerned. And I know, again, he's blinded by his own ego, his own belief. And so he doesn't feel like his grandchildren are in any danger. Maybe you could you could make that argument. But like as a parent, as an adult watching this, I'm like, you're a piece of shit. Get them away from <laughs> Which, me. And where are your where are their parents? Well, you just let like the the oh, you're going to the grandpa's weird island with dinosaurs. Well, did you catch at the beginning when I forget who says this line, but supposedly John Hammond's daughter is going through a divorce. Yeah. Which is why I think the children are there. Because mm, I had yeah. the same thought. I was like, if my multi-million dollar father was making, you know, dinosaurs on an island. My kids would not be there, 
But you know, in <laughs> if I was going through a divorce, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> get him out of my get him out of my mm. sights. Yeah. Because yeah. I got some pirates coming over this yeah. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have them here. Mm-mm. Did you do you know the original ending for Jurassic Park, the movie? What it was supposed to be? <laughs> So I thought of a joke way what, after what? the fact. Oh, sorry. No, do you want to say it? No, no. The floor they're, is yours. They're going to swab my poop deck. It's, <laughs> I should have. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> oh, shit. But go on. No, the, the original ending for Jurassic Park. So it, it ends mostly the same. The raptors chase them. They go into the lobby, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, so the original ending was one of the raptors shows up. Um Grant, they all get on like a crane or something that's in the lobby. Grant, like the, the raptor's on the crane. He smashes it into the T-Rex skull, which falls and it kills the raptor. And then the second one comes out and it looks like the raptor's about to pounce on him. But instead of a T-Rex coming and saving the day, John Hammond shows up and shoots it. Shoot and, it, and it's supposed to be this like character arc closing moment mm-hmm. for John Hammond, literally because he, he in the Killing beginning dream, he, he he's killing his dream. The and baby it's also, hatch. Yeah, yeah, it's the first baby. He's like, I want to be present for the birth of every animal on this island. And he literally kills one at the end. And it's kind of like him not endorsing his own park and his character arc goes through that loop. Mm-hmm. But I think you get that. Yeah. With that, like you said, there's that shot of him like looking wistfully back at the park and looking sad and like i think you get that he he feels that way you don't need that sort of like rambo moment with john hammond well i also think too i don't know when it became a realization for him but i'm sure it was when him and ian malcolm were in the little bunker and you have again like the the smashing of opinions between the two of them and they're kind of arguing how to direct uh ellie like through the i don't know i think that's when the the realization kind of sunk in as well yeah, and I he think he says, starts to think. I think he starts to think about it in the conversation he has with Ellie over the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's the first one to really kind of puncture through his yeah. his bubble of. Oh, yeah, she hits yeah. him in the face with it. Yeah. She's like, "You're still thinking about." It. He's like, "Oh, it's going to be great. Don't worry, we're going to fix all this." And yeah. uh, this is just she's another like, flea circus. She's yeah. like, "Other people, people are still dying, dude." Yeah, like, that is his come on, complete man. turn. Uh, but I love that at first everyone's missing, including his grandchildren, and he's just in there eating ice cream. And I, I get it. It becomes a somber, great scene. But initially, it's a shock. Like, bro. <laughs> uh, and then she's the ice cream eater. is good. Who doesn't yeah. stress Who doesn't eat? eat? Spare you know? no expense. That ice cream is going to go bad, Chris. There's no power. Exactly. But I, watching the ending this time, I, I think they were inspired heavily by King Kong. Because, like, the oh, whole yeah, idea sure. is mm. that the T-Rex is kind of a good guy, in a sense. In the same way that King Kong is, like, you know, an, an animal. Like, it's going to do what it's going to do. Not a safe friend, but kind of the king of the jungle, jungle yeah. in a sense where it's not, it's kind of a hero at times. And that's oh, how yeah. people view it. And the raptors are the real enemy because they're the smarmy, smart little fuckers. They're bastards, man. Uh, they're like playing poker in the jungle and shit. Like, nah. Are you talking about like the ending where the, the banner falls? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's my T-Rex noise. That, that's literally what <laughs> happened. Like, uh, they, like Steven Spielberg, he was like, we can't go through this whole movie and not show the T-Rex again. He's the hero. Like people are going to want to see that T-Rex. So yeah. they rewrote the ending. So the T-Rex saves the day. And he, he it's actually, it's a T-Rex cue. He specifically, <laughs> he specifically called out King Kong. Really? As, as that. And That's also awesome. the, the gate behind me, he told like the, the, I think Art Bell's his name, the production designer who designed all the stuff for 
the park. He told like he had this like Disneyland entrance originally, like it looked like a Disneyland theme park entrance. And Steven Spielberg's like, no, I want it to look like the door in King Kong, the the gate that separates King Kong from the the people of Skull mm. Island. And so that's where the the inspiration is. Actually, there's so much King Kong in this movie. Fuck yeah. I'm yeah. smart. Oh, yeah. You nice. are smart. You're nice. smart. You're a smart boy. I may not be a smart man, but I know <laughs> what King Kong is. You you movie good. You movie good. <laughs> I don't people good, but I movie good. <laughs> I want to see Forrest Gump's TikTok channel analyzing movies. <laughs> Two stars didn't have Gen A. Didn't have Gen A. <laughs> you should make the a letter of joke letterbox account. I love House of Cards because it's got Gen A. <laughs> Robin Wright's in it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I think you need to actually make a Forrest Gump letterbox account and just make that joke reviews awesome. like that. That would be awesome. Okay. I, I would, Please I would, do that. I would follow that on LBXD. Sure. LBXD, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Never know what you're gonna get. That was the closest Pippin impersonation you've ever done, and it was your Forrest Gump show. Look, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie. I gotta keep. I gotta keep working on it. I didn't even register that. This is my safe space she to was do practice in my impression. Doing British Forrest Gump. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. Are there any standouts in this movie, like in terms of like actors or? <sighs> I mean, it's all it's got to be stuff. it's got to be Goldblum as far as because that guy's personality. I have a question for Madison. Lay it on me. I based on your my attire, your your, your attire and your general taste. Uh, I'm assuming I know the answer to this question, but it, it's curious to me. Do you find <laughs> Ian Malcolm to be someone you'd want to sleep with or is he smarmy? Yes. He doesn't creep you out. <laughs> yes. You don't think he's uh, inappropriate. In his, uh, what am I? I, I don't think Looking so. Overtures, overtures. Yeah, he's got multiple ex-wives. Are you talking about Jeff Goldblum specifically, you, or Doctor Ian Malcolm? Doctor Ian Malcolm, because okay. watching, I don't think it's okay to act the way he's acting, and yet women, people in general, I would like to have sex. With I would a like man. to have sex with him. Exactly. So I'm like, when what his is shirt's it about? off and his legs well, hurt? You're asking Ooh, 25 year old Madison. The answer is yes. I would definitely sleep with him. Okay, say if, you're in if, that helicopter. If, if he did, if he did the, if he did, if he did the water drop butterfly theory, it would thing, work on me. He'd be like, really? Like, oh, oh, tiny little uh, disruption. Okay, hold on. If, if you're separating it, it's just Ian Malcolm, not Jeff Goldblum. It's the character. I would be hesitant because I know, I know, I would be like, you're flirting with me. Like, He's the bad boy of mathematics. Yeah, like you're 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 trying to fucking work. <laughs> you're there with your boyfriend. Um, he doesn't know you're together, though. He, oh come on, he, he does. only he only finds he out. He does not care. He doesn't care. You're right. He doesn't Which, give a shit, but he although, doesn't know. But when he when Doctor Grant's like, yeah, we're together in the I car, do. he's like, ah oh, man, dang, oh, I'm sorry. That's his way of saying, ah oh, dang, you're yeah. gonna be really mad when I fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what that is. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was just curious because it's like you're in that helicopter, you're there to work, you're there with your boyfriend, and there's this guy in the corner. Rar, rar. <laughs> exactly. He's got his fucking shirt mostly unbuttoned. He's chilling. He's like he's posing with a broken leg. He's not even subtly flirting when he's doing the water hand trick. She, he's like caressing. He's almost sucking the pinky. <laughs> and I love that Laura Dern's performance is one who's totally into it. But also, like, seemingly oblivious. Like, they play her, like, 
she looks at uh, Grant like, check, this, check out. this out. Check this out. Is it yeah. Chaos Theory great? Yeah, he's 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 breastfeeding at me. I don't know why. <laughs> check this out. Chaos is crazy. <laughs> so anyway, that's my rant. I was just wondering, and I knew you were going to be like, oh, totally. And I just find that, like, I feel like we make excuses for certain characters mm. uh, against how we would normally like people to behave. And we're like, except for that guy. Uh, but I'm I, into it. I do want to bring up though. Like I he's mean, so Jersey Shore, but it, it works. Guido, he has Guido energy. <laughs> I do want to bring up though the so uh, Dr. Sanders and or excuse me, Ellie and Grant. I'm like, it took me a little bit. To, I had to watch the movie a couple of times to be like, are they together? There's no chemistry, like sexually. It's not that he, right, but I was like, he like they, touches her butt when you I first do. see him. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I've seen that now. He's but, digging at that dig. <laughs> <laughs> but I always was like, are they, to, are they together? Or was Dr. Grant just like saying that to Malcolm to like protect her? Yeah. And it, I mean, it, I believe now well, they are together. They, yeah. they, are, they are supposed to be together, but it's supposed to be like a. Uh, not a will they won't they but they have a weird complicated relationship even in the book where like there's there there you can tell there's an attraction there but for whatever reason like grant has like uh you know relationship commitment issues they've never, well, so he's they've never slept together in the book well no I, I think they have yeah okay like i think that they are actively in a relationship like they've yeah. been together um my, my interpretation of it is they are working so at the, the first part of the book they're or the movie they're being very professional and they're just not letting their relationship show through, which I think is a solid, yeah. you know, thing to have in a relationship. And then obviously towards the end of the movie when, you know, shit is at the fan and they've been apart from each other and they like, re they like yeah. come back together. Uh, like, yes, that that's when more of the relationship. They've shows. been yeah. together for a while. So like some of the heat has died down. Yeah. If they, they were talking six about months, kids. they'd be banging in one of the Jeeps, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Been, that scene with they Dennis Nedry getting separately. attacked in the Jeep would be those two. <laughs> <laughs> But like coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I always, one of the things I hated that the sequels always did was they sort of like, they broke those two up. Cause I always, yeah. I always like, I want to see them. I want to see them kiss. I want to yeah. see it. I love love. And I always was a stand for Dr. Grant and Ellie Sattler getting together. Yeah. And then the third movie, like she's married to another dude, has kids with that guy. And you can tell what? he's like, ah, missed my chance. Darn. Ah. And then by Dominion, they're like, I should have never left you, Dr. Grant. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> fuck off. There's no chemistry there. I'll be honest. And Sam Neill is a sexy man uh, from some weird sexy cinema uh, earlier in his life. Yeah. What was that up. movie but you just Possession. watched? Possession, yeah. I kind of liked that they didn't kiss in the movie. Because, you know, I think Laura I Dern's character kind of alludes to this when uh, it, uh, John Hammond is like, I should really be the one going, blah, blah, blah. And then she's kind of like rolling her eyes. Well, we can talk about sexism when, when yeah. I get back. Yeah, and I girl. think if there was a kiss, and I'm sure this was a discussion like in the writing a, room. You have a cane. <laughs> right. Let's be practical. Let's be, let's be practical here. I could definitely Me, outrun you. I'm fast as fuck. <laughs> um, I'm sure there was a discussion in the writing room on whether or not there would be a kiss or a more romantic element, like yeah. between the I two of them. I don't even need a kiss. I don't. I don't need, I need that either. Chemistry. But I Sam, thought there was I think chemistry. There's, chem there's Doctor Grant. I feel a there's definitely a love there between them that he's, I feel. There's he's, an, yeah. he's giving Ted. 
He's giving now, Ted I and Karen. Now, I can argue that the love they feel is the love of, like, a good friend or a mentor, mentee, that yeah. type of love. Yeah. I could give you that. Do I, I definitely think feel there's a love between the characters. He knows a lot about raptors. Do I think he knows where a G-spot is? I do not. He's not giving that knowledge. No. Hey, when it comes to Dr. Grant, you're alive. When he I think he you. does because <laughs> to be so— like you got to do the raptor claw upside down. Uh. To be so <laughs> secure with telling— <laughs> Sorry, you go can- on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To be super secure with who, like, to be in a relationship with a woman as beautiful as Dr. Uh, Sattler and then to not immediately make it known that he is in a relationship yeah, with her. That's a good take. Although you are near, you know, Ian Malcolm, who's clearly flirting with her, is clearly. And he's completely unbothered by that. Exactly. He's so like, go for it, bro. I think. He does know where the cheese bot is. Oh, I get what just you're because of that reason. I love that take. Yeah, and he's just like because if you're if you're a man and confident. you're insecure, yeah. yeah, and you're a man, you're insecure with yourself. You're immediately being like, "That's my girl. Don't fuck with her." Is it weird yeah. to want the the threesome right now? I mean, in my that's, head, no. Honestly, that's all I want. <laughs> the Grant Sattler Malcolm hanging out in the yeah. Jeep. Yeah, that's Rawr. all I want. Mm. <laughs> Dinosaur is like, mm, I'll chase the kids. My dick uh, <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys? I, I have you guys heard the the Ian Malcolm laugh song? No. No, please play it. Please, yeah. it's gonna be my new ringtone. So it's this laugh. If someone remixed it into a song right here. Here it comes. I need this for my ringtone. I'm just gonna let that play in the background. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I think Jeff Goldblum's the standout. Um, Absolutely. However, there's two. So you two. Sorry, I had to go for the drop. I felt like I felt it was coming. I feel like I'm at a club right now. I need Steve to be a DJ. Oh, 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 oh shit. John Williams could never. Spared no expense that's on this song. A, that's a song created by a YouTuber named Flipshot. So oh, Thank you, Flipshot, awesome. for Thank making Flipshot. my whole life just click and come together. Uh, I think there's two all-timer sequences that stand out for me uh, in the realm of cinema. Cinema. There's the obviously the T-Rex, right? Yes. The the yes. the quivering of the glass of water. Visions based on movement. Done with a guitar string. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. They had a guitar string underneath the console of the car and they would just flip the guitar oh. string and it would it would create that little little ripple in the water. I love that. Of, and uh, when you know when the T Rex first comes out, and you know the, all the whole thing, like killing the lawyer, spinning the car around with the kids, the kids are doing incredible acting. It's it's riveting stuff, and then ch- chasing the car later. Even I would throw that in there. Must go faster. Must, must go, go faster. faster. <laughs> Objects are closer than they appear. But then also, <laughs> yeah, Grant like and Tim climbing down the tree with the car falling after them. Mm-hmm. Fucking Chef's Kiss Cinema. I mean, you know the the whole setup of that is so creative it's terrifying climbing down trees is shitty by itself it's scary anyway but then you get the car falling after you a car chasing you and it's also it's rooted in the characters because 
Timmy is the annoying kid and Grant hates kids. And that's what he's in the position of doing is having to save that kid specifically. And I like, threw up. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and he's very cool about all that stuff. He's like, oh, well, I won't tell anybody. I, uh, I, I love that. That's such a kid thing to be. I threw up. I froze up. Mom, it's, I froze up. Can I sweep with you? That's all right, buddy. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Well, we're back in the car tree. again. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you're not in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, there's I, a fun, there's a weird continuity. Is like the 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 so the, the car is knocked off that chasm into a tree, but the T Rex like walked into the onto the road. So it's always like, how yeah. does, what's, the, what's the land structure like behind I, that fence? I do remember that being. Do you know what we're talking about, Chris? No. So w- at the the T Rex exhibit, you see like the goat and it's. It's a flat area. And And so the T-Rex walks over the gated part to get to where the cars are. But when the car is like dipping over the side. Back in the hole where it came from. Yeah. But it's a a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just that particular part. Or yeah, but the, it's it's right it's where the, part the where car came through. Yeah, the car kind of goes straight up on that lip and falls over. So like it would be at least like maybe the T Rex came straight through, and then there's just a sheer fifty the foot drop. T Rex is shimmying on the side, like, <laughs> trying to get to the top. Arms. Yeah, he's like holding, holding on. on. He's holding on to the. the That's why the he was fence. holding on to the rope because he was like he's actually like, kind of like shimmying across. Oh, I'm gonna get that go. Like Laura Croft shifting. On the yeah. wall. <laughs> it was to the oh, I want shit. that go. That's the only way to make this movie better is to put Laura <laughs> Croft in it. <laughs> All the dinosaurs would be dead. True. She pull yeah. out her dual pistols and she unstoppable. <laughs> what's no, the, her tits what's the other? Just like fucking <laughs> <laughs> this is Austin <laughs> Powers, the yeah. pixelated triangular <laughs> ones. Yeah, she poked the Clever dinosaurs' girl. eyes out. What was the other sequence that you you mentioned? The, the Those two together, I think. That's the, oh, oh, all together. They're back to back. I mean, obviously, when the two kids are stuck with the raptors in the kitchen would be the other one I would throw in. Yeah. That's legitimately fucking terrifying. And it gets me every time because Lex is doing incredible work. Mm-hmm. But when she's stuck in the I've never worked in a fancy kitchen, whatever that is, and she's trying to close the door. And yeah. the raptor gets fooled because it's a reflection. He's like, <laughs> just slams head <laughs> first into minute. stainless steel. That's great. You know, because like. They're really young kids, and watching that, even as an adult, I'm like, I'd be dead. Yeah, for sure, I'm dead. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's ah, it's so good. I mean, um, I just want to give a shout out. I know a lot of people talk about how cool the T Rex is, and the T Rex is like so cool looking. I mean, the animatronic alone, it's like a everything like, holds up today too. Oh my it's, gosh, it's yeah. thirty years later, thirty so, years oh, old, and you watch this movie, it looks better than most movies that come the out. The only today. thing that's kind of like, oh, that's early early cgi is the brachiosaurus the first time you see him and it zooms in on the skin and it looks a little bit like a ps3 game yeah so what version did you guys watch because i watched i think the like very remastered redigitized version i actually don't know because i i I believe i'm sad to say i streamed this on peacock oh i actually don't own the 4k movie i rented i rented it on amazon but i i do have the dvd version here Full screen, by oh, the full way. Screen. Full there you screen. Go. Gotta get the full screen. Mm-hmm. No, does it say full or wide? Full. Oh, that sucks. You fool. Full. But a full screen means that it's it's what stretched to f- fit the TV. Wide screen would be the real version. Spielberg would want you to see. Oh, well, I thought full screen was like they just got rid of the bars and you see more. 
Well, no, it means oh, they, see they more like vertically, zoom in. but you, yeah. you lose the, the left and right sides of the screen. Wow, mind blown. Actually, I, it's funny you say that because when I was a kid, I only bought full screen specifically. I, would, well, yeah. I hated the bars. Yeah. And Andy would make fun of me. And now that we're later when he, you know, he went to film school and I got into the stuff I was into, he was like, remember when you were a fucking dum-dum? And I was like, <laughs> shut up. I hated the bars. Well, in your defense, <laughs> the TVs we had back then, yeah. full screen was better because if you're watching Jurassic Park, you want to see a big giant dinosaur. You're watching dinosaur. it on like a four by three TV On your 32-inch TV even, yeah. it's yeah. still like a lot. And then if you yeah. lose that little bar, like, yeah, it's totally understandable that you would want the full screen. I mean, you paid yeah. for that TV screen. I'm watching screen Tomb Raider. I want, a I want some extra. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't even need the wide. Uh, but though I love the design of the Raptors specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those things just look mean and nasty, but also calculating. Like you, the They're way they cunning. Yeah. The way they cunning. even animate their like eyelids, where you can see them kind of like oh, like thinking. At one point, it's when it sees Lex trying to you know close herself in the it zooms in on its eye and it like does this like squint where it's like oh, yeah. i'm gonna fucking tear that I kid apart i hate you everything about you <laughs> i'm gonna throw my whole body into the, your demise and then when they escape the the kitchen and they're the, mean the, too the, the way they're like watches them the way they're taunting them and stuff as they're prowling the kitchen like that's why your parents don't love you like <laughs> I come on man they're getting divorced because it's your fault <laughs> Tapping their nail, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the claw. I tap. do, oh. I do like that when they they kind of reference the claw because Doctor Grant has the claw and he like throws it, but then you see it later. Looks like a six foot turkey. <laughs> yeah. All what he does to that kid, and yeah. then Grant tra traumatizes a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. But he said the claw was retractable, and you never see it go in. I don't think. Well, he didn't know. That's the thing. Is like <laughs> we. <laughs> He was wrong. <laughs> like the amount we know about dinosaurs is probably almost nothing as far as like accuracy. Well, right. A real Velociraptor like, is the size of a chicken. So really? Really? Yeah. A, the, a real Velociraptor are like tiny. The The dinosaur that's in this movie is closer to what uh, is called a Deinonychus. Mm -hmm. I love they, that you know that. They, well, they knew that back then, but yeah. Spielberg was like, Velociraptor is a cooler sounding name. Let's see. Way that's cooler. Yeah. yeah. Also, Triceratops is not a real dinosaur, right? Uh, a Triceratops is, Brontosaurus is not. Like growing up, we all thought Brontosaurus was a thing, but Brontosaurus, Brontosaurus isn't a real These are a, Brachiosauruses, right? Correct. Brachiosaurus is the long neck. Yeah. But I thought Brontosaurus had a long neck. It did, yeah. But it doesn't but, exist. But Brontosaurus, they realized like, oh, <laughs> what we thought were Brontosaurus bones were actually the bones of uh, like other mm. things that have different names. Gotcha. Um. But I mean, this was kind of the first, not the first introduction, yeah. but like they started talking about how dinosaurs were more similar to birds in right, this that, one. Yeah, that was groundbreaking science in the nine, early 90s was that they yeah. were closer to birds than lizards. Right mm -hmm. here in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, and now there's no such thing as a triceratops. Researchers from Montana State University have determined that the beloved three-horned dinosaur wasn't really a distinct gen genus, but the juvenile version of a torosaurus. Oh. Long to believe it. Long believed to be its larger cousin. I don't know. Never even fucking heard of a Taurosaurus. Well, Tyrannosaurus sounds so much better. The article is called Triceratops Beyond Extinct. Beyond. <laughs> Beyond. So that's sad. First yeah. Pluto, then Triceratops. What the fuck? And then Pluto's back. And now dinosaurs have feathers. Wait, Pluto's back? I think Pluto's back, right, Steve? <sighs> we love I, Pluto. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure they replanetized Pluto. I did not hear, Pluto. Did not hear about Pluto being back. Is Pluto a planet? And if they if they put it back, it was just because they felt the, the inter International Astronomical Union, the IAU, downgraded the status of Pluto to that of a dwarf planet. 
but it did not meet the three criteria the I.O. used to, re- to define a full size. It's still a planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's not a full size planet. Have we identified planet X yet? <sighs> XXX? <laughs> yeah. Planet Triple X. No, there's apparently a 10th planet in our solar system called Planet X, but no one's really been able to visually spot it, but they know it's out there because They just of feel it. It's in the force. Kind of. Well, they, well, they see th- things reacting to its gravitational pull. Mm. So they know something's out there. But it could just be Madison's raw sex appeal it yeah. can, I mean, out I, there in space. I, that's the theory I want to put Drawing forward. things. My gravity is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. You call her fat? <laughs> No, the raw yeah, sex Chris. appeal. Your body mass it's, it's, is so large, it has no, a gravitational the pull. The sex, sex appeal, appeal itself is. has a magnetism, <laughs> magnetism that I'm immune to as a podcaster. Mm, mm. I love it. But uh, everyone else, no chance. Speaking of raw She's in the back like, rawr, rawr, rawr. A tyrannosaur, rawr. Speaking of raw sex appeal. Go on. Dennis Knight. Or Wayne Knight, excuse me. Wayne Knight. Nedry? Yeah. Nedry. What a guy. Sure. Love that guy. Dotson. Dotson. Isn't he great in this movie? He's Wayne great. He's smarmy. But then he, like, at the most crucial moment, he's a complete bitch. Like, when he goes to execute his plan, he's so confident and whatever the whole time. It's so out of character. Then finally it's time. It's go time. And he's like, up, up, yeah, I'm just up, 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 up. And I'm like, bro, get it together. You're about to make 1.5 millis, my guy. Right. Well, he didn't He didn't plan for a tropical storm to hit when he was Yeah, uh, he's nervous. He planned 20 minutes. So I asked to get there at 15. Yeah. You know? And then the dude on the other end is like, we got to go. And if you look at the scene that that guy on the phone, like he's not he's not going to get anywhere in that rain in 15 minutes. There's no no way. No, not through the jungle, especially with uh, what are they called? The little mean ones that spit acid in your face. Oh, Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. Also a dinosaur that is actually like 20 feet tall in real life. Really? Oh. It's way bigger than That's, that. And they still spit? No, they, they're like, yeah, that probably didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah, I'm but doing that little, that not being. That like, little head frill, the two little things on its head, mm. that is a part of its skull. So that's real. Okay. But the actual, like, they took inspiration from an actual lizard in Australia that does like a little frill thing. Okay. I do like the frill thing. A beard? You're not. And that scene was terrifying as a kid. Blah. It, just the like. Blah. Oh yeah, the little. The, oh, yeah. It has the cutest little like. Did you do the soundbite for that? <laughs> yeah, they called me. I was five. We need a we need an adorable dinosaur noise. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> the so the tropical story is kind of interesting because the the movie actually suffered through a hurricane. Mm. Uh, filmed all, in Kauai. Right? Filmed in Kauai, Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and Jimmy's been there. All of the exterior shots of the movie are there and they were filming, filming, filming. They were about to leave. I think they were nearing the end. They're at the end of production there, but then a huge hurricane came and they were like trapped and, um, they were feverishly trying to like, uh, or quickly trying to pack up all the gear and props and stuff. And even Jeff Goldblum was helping them. Mm -hmm. And there's a story that, um, Sam Neill tells where he, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum like went on the beach and where they could see the storm coming and it looked like crazy. And Laura Dern's like, "Are we gonna die today?" Oh my god! <laughs> and Sam feels like, "We, I don't, we might, we might." What are you saying we should do? Uh, but they, <laughs> they all look at each other like. But they ended up like hmm. hunkering down and doing a threesome. No, and <laughs> doing a three, doing a threesome, doing a threesome. Looking. I do people good. Uh, but uh the, uh, so yeah they hunker down the storm happens it like destroys the area they couldn't get back to the states to finish filming because there was like martial law was enacted you know who saved the day 
Jeff Goldblum. Kathleen Kennedy. Wow. You know, everyone's favorite scapegoat, Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> proving once again that she's actually a fucking great producer and people need to shut the fuck up and not be sexist. If you look at her filmography, it's, it's stellar. It's a ridiculous it's, pedigree. Yeah. I forget how she got. Uh, there was something she did that Steven Spielberg was like, I need her on my team. I, she did something and I. She's yeah. a boss. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a baller. She's killing it. Everyone who's like, she ruined my childhood is like, she, uh, no, she fucking made your childhood. All right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, she, she's a boss. Ass her bitch. pedigree is incredible. But she literally, uh, she called up the pilot. The hurricane? From, oh. no, no, she called up the pilot from Stand Raiders. Down. She said, Mother Nature, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> and, nature, and Mother Nature, she backed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, she called up the pilot from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark when he gets in a plane? He's like, Jacques, yeah. there's a snake on the plane. Uh, Sam Jackson popped out. What? <laughs> what motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> so that dude apparently was a pilot that happened to be part of the program that was uh flying in um uh, uh supplies for mm. the for the efforts of uh uh the, like the first aid supplies and everything and she knew he he worked for that company she called him up and was like hey when you fly back can we ride with you take laura dern and he's like sure Save laura dern <laughs> Save Ka- everyone yeah, else. kathleen kennedy's resourcefulness got them a pilot that was able to get them off the island in a an island that was destroyed by a hurricane wow. and production was able to keep on track because of that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. It pays to know Unsung people. Heroes. It does. It does. Mm. Pays to know so people. really Jurassic park. Thank the pilot from Raiders. Of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Dino DNA. Dino DNA. What are your thoughts on Mr. Mr. Healy? I love Mr. Healy. Mr. Healy. Whose voice is that? Oh, let me look it up. Dino DNA. What a Why lame, do I feel like I know that? What a lame ride that would be, though. Yeah. Like if you're at the park and that instead of dinosaurs, you were watching like the... I don't <clears> give <throat> a fuck. Take me to the dinosaurs, man. Greg Burson is oh, Mr. DNA. My favorite person. Greg Burson. We took the code and filled in the holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with frogs. It's going to work out fine. Yeah, what about the lysine? We use the frogs that change sex naturally. That's not going to bite us in the ass when we have a park of all female dinosaurs. Literally. But what about the lysine contingency? They could have just not given them. Is that just they got to wait it out and they'll die anyway? Yeah. Has that become a plot in the other movies at all? Because that's a huge thing. Um, Somebody's got to be giving them lysine or they're going to die. The lysine contingency. I think it's one of those things where life found a way and they just don't need lysine anymore. I adapted. I don't need it. I'm yeah. a dinosaur. Well, they evolve in real fucking quick. That's not how evolution works, but yeah, but life do be finding a way. It do be finding ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the book is interesting. Uh, It's very different. Like Madison said, it's much more violent. John Hammond's like an absolute prick. Piece of shit. Uh, He dies in the book. Oh. Uh, oh, (laughs) I do remember that. Spoiler alert for uh, the novelization (laughs) of Jurassic Park. Uh, Yeah, John Hammond gets eaten by Comps Ignathuses. Ah, hate when that happens. The little compies from the second movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. because uh, commies, there's commies, there's in the commie, yeah, commies take in. They're like, we hate your capitalistic future of science. <laughs> uh, I think Muldoon lives. Um, oh, I wish he did. The lawyer, the, hunter. the lawyer lives. A lot of people live. Uh, the lawyer lives. Uh, Henry Wu gets eaten by raptors. So he wouldn't go on into the B.D. Wong. Mm. B.D. Wong's character gets eaten. Uh, I think uh, the Sam the, Jackson's character die every time. Yeah, he dies every time. Oh. Yep. He dies every time. Nedry dies the same way. Sattler's so relieved too. Oh, 
He's Mr. Here. Arnold. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love her realization because she turns around and she's like, ah, ah, ah. she does this weird like, oh god, it's an yeah, arm. It's an arm. And the raptors just put it in the closet. Yeah. How nice of them. Try to hide the body. Up. Trick her. They eat him. They're like, guys, get a mop. We gotta mop it up. Uh, <laughs> what are we gonna we do with this arm? In here. My favorite thing I've never really thought about is when it's at the end of the movie, they're running from the raptors, and it's when they first go up into the ceiling of the lobby or whatever. Uh, or no, the ceiling of wherever they're at to, to, I think the control room to get away from the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, uh, Grant goes up last. And then as the Raptors coming up, he kicks the ladder away because he's scared they're going to so come much. up the ladder. I'm like, stop, stop. Well, well, but well, they are funny. opening doors and shit. I would too. He's like, ah! What's really funny because, yes, he kicks down the ladder, but then they have that shot of the raptor look at it, and then the raptor looks up like, hey, I was going to come up there. I was going to do that. <laughs> like, I don't think that would even support a raptor. Like, there's a balance. Well, it's like, how the fuck? I get I get it. I mean, I would have kicked it down, too, but, like, how the fuck would they, like, grab it and, like, just yeah, like, shimmy it? Oh, I would, I would have loved to have seen that. It's they like ripping with the nails. Enough, really. With the one nail, it's just, like, hooking on the ladder to get up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, silliness. Please. What are some other silly things that happen in the movie? One of the things, the only—if I was gonna pick something to say, I don't like that. It's so dumb, but it's the fact that both Sattler and Tim have the same issue where one of their legs gets injured for tension reasons, for plot reasons, and I don't know why. I don't even know how Timmy hurt his leg in that kitchen scene. It's just out of nowhere. Oh, it's probably because he fell 50 feet off of a electric fence. But he's fence. fine. He was I fine to thought... eat the, walk up and eat the buffet of food. Yeah, he's fine oh, until... I thought, he was, I thought he was limping at that, too. <sighs> Maybe he Maybe. twisted his ankle in the freezer on the ice or something. I mean, There's I missed a lot it. of leg Maybe. injury in this movie. It's, uh, for obvious reasons, it's Obvi- just scarier obviously. that they're slow. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you even need to do that because the raptors are so fast. Mm-hmm. It's scary enough trying to get away with both your legs. Like Timmy could have full sprinted ran for the door with the raptor chasing him. That would have been scary enough without him. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit along. That's the only moment where I'm like, mm, I don't know why you did, you did the leg thing again. I just did the leg thing. Uh, Aww. Yeah. Come on. It's, it's, uh, it's they, a little silly. It's like 80s slasher. She can't get away from Michael Myers because she's twisted also, her ankle. If you're, if you're doing a, a, a shot of, you know, people running away, like the, the limping of the leg is definitely more dramatic. Yeah. So. Fast forward sure. to Jurassic World, full sprinting in high heels away from the T-Rex. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that and being like, that's not how that would go. No, she mothered that. She would. <laughs> she would be tripping everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did it. I watched she did it. do it. Yeah. Queen, Queen, I'm not Jessica Chastain. For Christ's sakes, I'm Ron Howard's fucking daughter. <laughs> you heard that song? No, oh, really? No. So there's this whole thing where people confuse Bryce Dallas Howard for Jessica Chastain yeah. all the time because yeah. red hair. Mm-hmm. And she came on a, like a late night talk she- show, and they made a song. I am not Jessica Chastain. <laughs> for Christ's sakes, I'm Ron Howard's fucking daughter. It's so funny. <laughs> Really, That's and she's good. a great actress, by the way. I love They're both great, and a great director. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I wonder where she got that talent. Napo baby. Napo baby. <laughs> Napo baby. I wanted to ask you guys. So, the end of the movie. So I, I watched this movie technically this morning, really early at like two thirty in the morning. Wow. And I got Was to you the, up all night. I was up all night. I got to the point where 
the the kids were in the kitchen and for some reason I was like oh there's like a lot more of this movie left and then I clicked in I was like oh there's like 20 25 minutes left so I think my only weird quirk with this movie is that it builds up so big at the end and then it just ends like I don't know there wasn't much of a come down from you know the the welcome center and then they immediately get on the plane and then they leave and then the movie ends that's kind of my only thing that's how to do it baby you get the fuck well, out yeah I, I guess I yeah you i get I, in and get out i i guess for me i just was like oh i my initial thought expectation was oh there's going to be an additional like something the real else Jurassic park were the friends we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you wanted you wanted it to fade back in Peter Jackson style. Na, 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 na. <laughs> yeah, you think it's the I don't know. I, I think it's I the just... threesome. Like it's just it's it's Ian Malcolm and Grant and Sattler in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 that's chaos. Mm-hmm. Life uh, 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 found a way. Found a way. Yeah. I don't. It was just. It's not that big of a deal. But I remember being like, oh, the that it was just kind of jarring for me to it for it to just kind of like end like that but it is a, it is a little jarring to go from the big t-rex triumphant like dino- when dinosaurs were yeah, the world yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, mm-hmm. like it is a little bit of a little whiplash yeah. there yeah and they all died in a helicopter ride trying to escape <laughs> and then the helicopter blew up yeah <laughs> i do want to say like this movie i think is uh another example of like picture perfect uh pacing mm-hmm. this movie's two hours long feels like for me at least it feels like 30 minutes yeah it just it it, it just it just goes maybe that's what i was experiencing so i was like oh there's definitely more and then there's only 20 minutes i was like it's the the rewatchability of it you know uh there's something hooking you every time it's 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 a damn it's a damn fine picture that's all i can say and i always forget about the opening sequence of them introducing the velociraptor and kind of like the more almost the the prompted of why there needs to be uh, experts on the island because somebody does die and they need you know whatever but that's a very good opening sequence and i think why we allude to you know steven spielberg diving into horror a little bit because that scene is very disturbing yeah and the close-up of showtime yeah i just want to say uh that david kept script baby in that scene you see all the jurassic park workers they're wearing like the blue jumpsuits with the orange helmets they're very serious they've got the stun guns they're ready to go which then, we never see them again full stun well they, they're on the boat baby they're getting ready to celebrate having a job which they will definitely have when they get back to that cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but then you see uh robert Muldoon, who's just like i'm just doing an outback guy I, yeah. i'm not wearing an I'm, uh, short shorts sign me up yeah, I kind of wish everyone. It, I wish, out, baby. I wish they went one way or the other. Either Muldoon also wears the 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 the, the, the uniform, or everyone else has to you wear went short full shorts. Jeff Goldblum for a second. I, I did. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what the word for uniform was, <laughs> <laughs> and my brain was rebooting. The legs uh, 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 find a way. Find a way. Find a way. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that, and what a good the opening is uh, mm-hmm. just because the John Williams score has the, like that almost like T Rex. Um, stomp like thump. Oh, yeah. Thump. And they needed to do that because they don't actually bring the dinosaurs in triumphantly for another, you know, 30 minutes or so mm-hmm. uh, at least. And so, but they got that, they got you hooked. Like, uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Another thing that's in the book that is absent of this movie is another reason why there's a whole security issue is because dinosaurs are getting off of the island. And making oh. their way to Costa Rica, like there's a, I remember one of the things I remember the most about the book because it's probably the scariest, creepiest scene, 
is there's a Costa Rican family and uh, they have like there's a I think it's a mother and she has like a, an infant child and she puts the infant child to bed and the child's crying, but she walks away, but then the child stops crying. And then when they go back into the room, there's a compsognathus like eating the child's face. And it like runs out the window. And mm-hmm. I remember like this, the visual on the page was like, Ooh, that's terrifying. I wonder if that's in the movie. And it wasn't. I can't uh, imagine it <laughs> making yeah. the movie. No. Right. Which makes, which is, I think is why when, in the lost world, Jurassic park, that movie opens up with a child getting attacked by copies. Cause that's like a big yeah. thing that happened. Easter in the book. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Glad it wasn't in there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think that guy still got eaten by raptors too. <laughs> Because the book's like, let's fucking rip people apart, everybody. Get yeah. in here. Yeah. Good. As they should. I think uh, the T-Rex kicks Dr. Grant at one point in the book. Like, <laughs> Really? Yeah, there's a point. Like, like, get out of here. There's a point where uh, they're, it's a raft scene where they're, they somehow find a raft and they're going <clears> down the river and the T-Rex chases them in the river. And so the T-Rex <laughs> is like halfway in the water. But at one point, the T-Rex like <sighs> kicks Dr. Grant. He has like a big like scratch or something because the T-Rex kicked him for the rest of I the bet. book. Said, yeah. <laughs> you at least have a flesh wound from a T-Rex kick. Yeah. No, a T-Rex punch wouldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T-Rex punch. We'll get you. T-Rex uppercut. You can just put your hand on the T-Rex's head. <laughs> Stop it. Punch it in the so nose big. like a shark. Ooh, ooh. That's my raptor noise. That's a good when one. When they call to each other. <laughs> it's kind of hard because it's all throat, you know? Ooh. I'm not even going to try. Your turn. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) 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 It's hard to do. Raptor, raptor. (laughs) Yeah, that's the Pokemon version. Yep. Well, I think we're wrapping up, right? I think we're out of time. I think we're out of time, baby. Thank you so much uh, for choosing that movie. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for going back to the park with us. We tried to spare no expense on this episode. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Kit. My name's Madison. And I'm Steve. And we've got to go return some videotapes. Happy streaming. (laughs) Happy streaming.